The financial markets are made up of bulls and bears. But when you listen to most trading gurus, it seems to be all bull. Who to trust? The one who puts a fire under your butt with candlestick flames? Or the one who says you should trade Fibonacci, but you still find yourself losing money 61.8% of the time? It's time to go straight to the source and get the truth about what's working in the markets today with your host, the founder of Top Dog Trading, Barry Burns. The other day, I had a trader ask me, how can a little guy like me make money in the markets? Is it even possible? Well, I understand the question. In a world where power is controlled by big government, big business, where big money talks, and heck, can even buy justice in the courtroom, uh, yeah, I get why people would ask that question. It's hard to believe that people like you and me stand a chance in this kind of world. And, you know, because of that, People tend to root for underdogs. Have you ever noticed that in yourself or in others? I mean, David and Goliath, um, mom and pop shops versus Walmart, uh, Rocky Balboa versus Apollo Creed, <laughs> you know, in trading, perhaps it's the institutions versus uh, the retail trader, you and me. So I've actually had this question asked me numerous times, not the first time, but uh, people asking, hey, can I really, really even make money when I'm competing against the institutions? How can the little guys make money in the markets? Because you feel like, well, the big guys have an unfair advantage or the markets are fixed or the markets are manipulated by the big money. So if you feel those things, I just want you to know that, first of all, yes, it is possible to make money for retailers like you and me. And don't look for excuses. So there are advantages that the big guys, quote unquote, do have, and that's okay. But that doesn't therefore preclude that you and I can make money. We can. So we have it in our nature to root for the little guy. You know, there was a study done by Joseph Fandello of the University of Florida, and uh, it was interesting because they did uh, all kinds of little examples and experiments and uh, found out that people tend to root for the underdog because they thought that the underdogs had better character. And they specifically showed them sports examples of two different hypothetical teams. And uh, people's assumption was that the teams that maybe had, you know, won a whole bunch of championships and were on a string of, of wins year after year after year, um, either they were dishonest or immoral or uh, they didn't work as hard, but the underdogs, they were more honest and loyal and worked harder. Uh, and there was no evidence for that whatsoever. That was just how people kind of perceived it. And that is, unfortunately, uh, Vandale found to be true of two-thirds th two to three-quarters of people. They're susceptible to the underdog phenomena. I find myself rooting for underdogs sometimes. It's kind of fun. But that's the majority of people in the world. And, you know, even in things like politics, the politicians, of course, they have their... Um, they're tremendous advisors and counselors and they're strategicians and so forth. And so in the most recent presidential election here, um, I remember one time Bernie Sanders, he, uh, he actually went up in the polls uh, after he showed a strong performance in Iowa, which is considered a really, really important state here for uh, presidential elections in the United States. 
And uh, Anderson Cooper works for CNN. He's an anchor over there. He asked uh, Bernie Sanders after that strong performance if he still considered himself an underdog. And, and Sanders said, of course I'm an underdog and seemed a little perturbed by it. Um, and then Hillary Clinton, who is very much the Clinton family, very much a part of the establishment of Washington, even she insisted she was an underdog. Why? Well, because she's a woman. And then Donald Trump, who is running. Well, billionaire, but he considered himself an underdog. Why? Because he wasn't part of the political establishment. So why did they all posture themselves as underdogs when clearly they are all highly accomplished people with major advantages? It's because they knew that the average person out there roots for the underdog. And now why is that? Why do we tend to do that? Why is that part of our nature? Because by the way, there's a danger in this. There's a danger in it for your trading. Believe me, I'm going to get there. Well, some people posit that it's out of, uh, we like the drama. We like the excitement of the underdog coming and uh, having an upset. Upsets are exciting. Others uh, say it's a quest for fairness. And okay, I think there might be some something to both of those. I'm not here to uh, explain the whole psychology of all of this. But just ask yourself, you know, this is you. I don't know you, so you have to answer this for yourself. Why do you find yourself rooting for the underdog in sports, business, other areas of life? If you do, if you do, is it because you relate to them? Is it because it's your self-identity? That is the key question. And it's understandable if you do. Many of us feel undercompensated on our job. We feel neglected in relationships. We feel that we've worked really hard and we're never rewarded enough. And so it's very natural to feel that way. But today, I'm not going to negate any of that. I acknowledge all of that. But I want to challenge you. Because we all need to change our self-perception in order to be successful at trading. So we all know the example of crabs in a barrel, right? Where you're harvesting crabs, you put them all in a barrel together, and then one crab starts to get its way out, just starts pulling itself out, getting over the lip of the edge of the barrel, and then all the other crabs go and grab it and pull it back down, just as it's about to get out. What the heck? Why do crabs do that? Well, you know, we as human beings, we tend to do some of that too. We become jealous. We... um find that, hey, somebody uh, getting out of the barrel, whether it's poverty or middle class or whatever it is, where we're comfortable as a group, as a team, as a family, uh, whatever, it takes away our excuses. That's one possible thing, that we don't like to see someone else do that because it takes away our excuses. We like to all kind of stay and wallow in our own excuses and blame other people, blame the big guys, right? because they've got all the advantages, and it's not fair. And this is what partly creates class envy as well. I hate class envy, by the way. It's a horrible thing. And ridiculous, because you are then put, you are creating that distinction and putting yourself as the little guy. Don't do that. Don't do that. You can only be who you see yourself to be. In other words, it has to do with visualization, self-identity. So don't see yourself as the little guy. Envision yourself as the big guy who would accomplish whatever you want. What you want to do is, if you're like the crabs in the barrel and you, you get out, get out. Be the one who gets out and even have to fight the people behind you as they're trying to pull you back in and get the hell out of there. And then once you've achieved your personal growth, 
go back and help them out. That's people ask me all the time. Why do you, you know, if you're making money trading, why do you uh, teach trading? And that right away, as soon as they ask that question, I know what kind of mentality they have. That is an x-ray into their defeatist mentality. It's not only defeatist, it's actually kind of a disgusting mentality, quite frankly, because again, what are they assuming? Well, they're assuming that it's all about the money. And they're assuming that you wouldn't want to help anybody else. And all you want is, you know, to get yours, that you're very selfish. So they're assuming successful people are selfish. And what it tells me too is something about themselves. Well, dude, if, if you become successful in trading or help you, aren't you going to reach back and help the people behind you come up and, and do the same thing? Evidently not because you can't envision that. And if you wouldn't, if you would envision it, you would feel that about yourself. And therefore you would then, um, you transpose that under other people. But no, you're transposing your own selfishness unto others. So that kind of worries me when people ask that question. It worries me about them, not me. I already know who I am. <laughs> so I was like, really? Wow. And it also becomes a um, situation where people have a, um, a feeling of lack, a philosophy of lack. It's like, well, if I make my money and I help somebody else make money, then there's less for me. That's such a ridiculous thing. Totally, totally ridiculous. Markets are so big that, <laughs> believe me, there's just no worry about that whatsoever. So now what we want to do is we want to look at the title of this podcast, How the Little Guy Can Make Big Money in the Markets. Answer, they can't. The little guy. Don't be that. Don't be that. Don't be the little guy. Really? Do you want your wife to call you the little guy in bed? How would that feel? Just tell your wife. If you feel like you're the little guy, if you identify yourself as the little guy, I want you to go right now, tell your wife, your girlfriend, um, honey, from now on, uh, by the way, I'm a little guy and I want you to call me little guy in bed. Okay. See how you feel. If you don't like that, then stop it. Because that's what you're doing to yourself. You are really hypnotizing yourself. Wouldn't you be ashamed? Wouldn't you feel bad if your wife, your girlfriend called you that in bed? Yeah, of course you would. Well, you're doing it to yourself. That's even worse than your wife or girlfriend doing it to you. And you're doing it to yourself all day long in all areas of life, not just sexual. How do you think that affects you? Just That's why I give you that example. I'm not trying to be crude here. I'm trying to give you an experience. I'm trying to get you to feel that emotion because that I think you can probably feel. But we have this habit of going around almost being proud. And that's the real scandal. Being proud of being the little guy. Nothing to be proud of, dude. Stop it. Stop it now. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. That's what Mr. America used to call me all the time when I trained with him. Don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Throw out all your excuses, leave the other crabs behind, okay? Go back and get them if they're willing to come. You can't make anybody do anything, but you're there to rescue them if they're willing to be rescued. And if they're not, well, there's nothing you can do about it. They're on their journey, you're on your journey, but be there and offer. But don't let them hold you back. Do not wallow in pride over being the little guy. Don't be the one who's, you know, the comeback story. Be the one who's the hero. Be the big guy. This has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has to do with your self-image. If you have the right self-image, the rest will come. You'll get the money. You might not have any money right now, 
But if you have a big enough image of yourself, then you're the kind of person and you'll see yourself as the kind of person who, you know what, I don't have enough, enough money to trade right now, but I'm the kind of person who can get the money to trade. How am I going to do it? I don't know yet, but I'll either figure out how or I'll figure out who. Who can I go through to get the money or to get a job or to get a business opportunity or whatever it is to get the money to fund the account? And that is always the solution. It always starts with your vision of who you are because you're limited otherwise in what you will do. So check that. Well, oh, this is another one that really life. One of my uh, friends who is a public speaker. And uh, he spoke to businesses and so forth. And he said, I uh, spoke to salespersons especially, and he said, your check will be only as big as you are. I love that. Your check will be only as big as you are. Never forgot him saying that. So what's that mean? It says, don't be a freaking piker. What the heck is a piker, Barry? Look it up. <laughs> Expand your vocabulary. Look up piker. Okay. You'll learn, you'll learn it better if you have to look it up. But yeah, don't be a piker. Your check will only be as big as you are. Now, I can understand, again, how this can be challenging, specifically in the world of trading. So let's bring this back down specifically to the world of trading, because you say, well, large firms, man, they got some advantages. And you're right, they do. They can rent floor space at the exchanges to put their computers between you and the exchange computers. Advantage, large firms. They can buy and sell in dark pools, so the price and volume don't show up on your charts in real time. You think you got real-time charts. Oh, shit. But they're, all the data's not there. Yep advantage large firms. Uh, they can engage in high-frequency trading with mind-numbing computer power and speed using the best mathematical and computer geniuses in the world to create superior algorithms that your little $49 Forex robot is not even going to be able to stand up against. In addition, they even use microwave technology instead of fiber optics so they gain literally nanoseconds over you and I, which is all they need to make money. It's just pure speed game to arbitrage between currencies, countries, exchanges before the index trackers, even the index trackers can even catch up. Wow. So do they have advantages? Yep. How do you and I stand a chance? Well, first of all, we have to compete in an area where we compete. It's not going to be in those areas that I mentioned above. <laughs> we can't compete there and we don't have to. And I don't even want to, frankly. So you know what they say? They say, if you can't beat them, join them, right? You've heard that. So in my trading method, that's exactly what we do. In fact, all we do is identify when and where the big money is flowing and jump in the stream of money and go with the flow. That's it. We just watch the big money. When it starts coming in, starts flowing, we jump in as soon as possible it's like a river, a mighty roaring river. We don't want to jump into a still pond where there's no current of, of currency. <laughs> That's good. I like that. There's no current of currency. So we want a strong current of currency, big money flow, fast orders, big volume, block orders coming through. The big boys are playing now and just ride their backs, go with the flow. And that's how I become a big boy, a big person, a bigger person. In fact, actually, let's make one last distinction here before we finish up. The other way to become the bigger person than the person on the other side of your trade is really, um, well, first of all, it's not having more money or being a better human being. I'm talking about personal growth, work ethic, investing your education, working harder than the other guy does, reviewing all your trades with a fine tooth comb for as long as it 
takes, putting in the time, the repetition, doing your homework, reviewing all your charts, every single trade, reviewing it, printing out your chart. Talk about all this in my um, five um, episode series on the psychology of trading earlier in these episodes on this podcast. Check them out and it'll show you how to put in more work than most people do. And most people are unwilling to do that stuff. It's not hard. But it's not the shiny, you know, new indicator. So people, most people aren't interested. Good. Good. That's your edge over them is you're willing to do what they are. Let them chase their shiny objects and you stay with what's tried and true. So our competition's not the big money. They're actually our friend. Your competitions are the retail traders. And so the two areas that you can have an edge over them is number one, your trading method. Have one that actually works. Most people don't. One that has a statistical advantage. And the only, again, way I know of doing that is to go with the dominant money flow early as it starts flowing. And the second edge you have in your trading is going to be your discipline, your money management, your risk management, your psychology in a word. Be better at it than the average trader. Frankly, most traders are horrible at it. So you manage, you become that, you do your, your work, your homework, and you put your time in and you learn from the best. You spend some money. Most people are too cheap. They won't spend any money. Well, that's the most expensive way to learn trading. That's ridiculous because you're going to lose all your money. You're going to blow out trading accounts. So um, yeah, be the one who's willing to do more than the average. So don't be the underdog. Be the top dog. Oh, I like that. That's like my logo. <laughs> yeah, the Great Dane. If you see my logo of Top Dog Trading, you've got the Great Dane in the middle, the dog, and uh, the dog is bigger than the bull and the bear representing the market. So that's really kind of where that came from. So in fact, you know what? I'm going to add one more thing. This is the best time in history to make money trading, actually. Why? Because Back in the day when I started, well, that was a long, long time ago. My dad was teaching me when I was eight years old, so I'm 59 now. But uh, we didn't have computers. Heck, we only had a black and white TV. So we had to call on a rotary telephone to the broker. But we didn't have direct access to pricing. We had to look at yesterday's newspaper to find out what the price is. Now, man, you guys got it so easy. <laughs> I shouldn't say easy, but you've got a lot of advantages over what we had back in those days. You got direct access with your computers for pricing, you got blazing fast order executions, more transparency than ever, dirt cheap commissions, decimalization of prices. You know, when I used to trade stocks, they traded in fractions. So there was a lot of um, uh, slippage there. there. There was a lot of spread that we lost. And brokers didn't like it when uh, the stock market went to decimalization. This hurt brokers, lower commissions, decimalization, all that kind of stuff. So they had to find other ways to make money. But that is an advantage for us. So find your edge and be a winner. Be a winner like Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. See, we root for those kind of people because... Even though, yeah, they're the best of the best, we respect them because of their work ethic, they have class, they give back. Be that guy. Well, my friend, I've got something else for you. Really, really practical and absolutely free. I'm going to give you Top Dog Trading's Top 10 Trading Rules for Success. And these are the 10 things I changed in my trading to become successful over the last 50 years. And also the top 10 things I've helped my students change to help them move from losing money to making money. Well, mini course, absolutely free. It contains a PDF special report and three brief videos. You can get it absolutely free by going to online trading to win.com forward slash 10 
rules. By the way, that's 10, the number 10, spelled out T-E-N, not the numeral 10, not one zero. So simply go to onlinetradingtowin.com forward slash 10 rules and get it while it's still available. And finally, if you receive value from this episode or by this podcast as a whole, then please help others find it by paying forward with two simple things. Number one, subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And number two, while you're there, leave a reading and review. Only takes about 30 seconds, and they tell me it brings good karma. Either way, both of those actions help to push our show up in the ranks so that people find it and that helps me so I can continue to help you. You've been listening to the Online Trading to Win podcast with Barry Burns. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and leave a great review. For more information about our free indicators and courses, visit OnlineTradingToWin.com. Neither Online Trading to Win, Top Dog Trading, nor Barry Burns are registered as securities broker-dealers or investment advisors, either with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority, and are not licensed to provide investment advice. Trading and investing involves substantial risk. Financial loss, even above the amount invested, is possible and common. We do not imply, predict, or guarantee that you will be successful in earning any money whatsoever. Past results of any individual trader are not indicative of future returns by that trader and are not indicative of future returns which may be realized by you. We do not assume responsibility or liability for your trading and investment results. This is provided for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice.